0: Afternoon Drive with John Maytham on Cape Talk. It's Plan B with Rebecca Davis. Hello, Rebecca.
1: Hello, John. Do you know, I wasn't actually supposed to be here this week. I was supposed to be at a conference in Kenya, but you can guess what happened next.
0: Ah, the conference was cancelled.
1: Well, no, the Kenyan Ministry of Health announced that all international gatherings in Kenya were banned.
0: And how many cases do they have? I don't think any. I don't think do any they? either. No, they don't. Um,
1: I mean, for what it's worth, John, I really can't believe that there aren't serious discussions. There must be serious discussions going on behind the scenes to cancel the Cape Town Jazz Fest. I mean, I cannot imagine that any international performers will be coming. We know Abdullah Ibrahim's already pulled out. And just the wisdom of having a mass gathering seems dubious.
0: Well, it doesn't seem wisdom, does it? No. No.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you, um, so Kenya said no internet – because we've had lots of conferences cancelled in South Africa. I was l- hearing that on Kino's program this morning, both Cape Town International Convention Centre and the Century City Convention Centre have had cancellations left, right and centre, and events have been cancelled. But that's primarily because international sponsors are either not allowed to or don't want to travel at the moment. So we haven't taken a decision on it.
1: Look, it's – As you've said, it is such a thorny one because all the public health experts I've spoken to say over-caution better than under-caution, which is absolutely true. But, I mean, there's no denying that the economic effects can be absolutely catastrophic. Look at Italy where they have banned all commercial activity. What will that do to Italy's already flailing economy? Even these schools closing in Cape Town, Herzlius and Sips what are working parents supposed to do? I mean, ideally, some of them can work from home, but the knock-on effects economically are gonna be so huge and cancellation of things like Jazz Fest. And that's why I'm glad I'm not the person tasked with taking those decisions, John, because how do you weigh that up?
0: Middle class, and not every person who has a school, has a child at a middle-class school, um, is is able to pay for childcare of some sort Not everybody has a domestic worker um, there 's some single parents who can 't work from home right and and that 's a problem but once once you start closing township schools. Then, the difficulty of what to do with the children becomes even more serious. So yeah, I just no wish I had answers. greater confidence in our um, in the people who are making these decisions for us. Uh, what are we talking about?
1: Well, I was interested in the question of what the responsibility of the private sector when it comes to medical health would be medical care rather. In terms of COVID-19, because in South Africa we have this world-class, very, very high-functioning private medical care system, and then obviously this parallel public health care system, which, although it does have pockets of excellence, let's stress that, is failing all over the show. And, you know, what... What will we expect the private sector to do? And the opinion of various public health experts I spoke to was unanimous, that the private sector, those big companies, MediClinic, NetCare, etc., are simply going to have to step up and share their resources. That means share beds, share Pharmacies share resources, share ventilators, etc. If this epidemic takes off in South Africa the way it has elsewhere, there will be no reservation of resources for those who can afford it. They can't be. It will simply have to be a case of sharing resources. But then the question becomes, John, who is going to pay for that? Because, again, mm. this is not a costless operation. If you have to take, as some people are suggesting, private sector staff and put them in public hospitals, for instance – even specialists, and train them and put them in public. Who pays for that? The cost burden is going to be enormous. And my sense is, or rather my fear is, that ultimately some of it is going to be passed on to us, the consumers. Because what we saw in America this week was the CEOs of the major health insurers coming out with the Vice President, Mike Pence, and proudly announcing the costs of coronavirus virus testing will be waived for members and we've heard this if thing you here.
0: test positive
1: if you t- which i personally think is quite sensible but anyway Okay.
0: well discovery i've just got a note from discovery saying that um i'm a discovery member if i if i test go and get a private test at lancet or one of the private path labs that are offering the test and I test positive, then they'll pay for it.
1: Correct. But who's going to pay for the cost of that? And the answer is probably us. Yeah, of course. This is what's going to happen in the US as well. Analysts are saying that the cost, the unforeseen costs of corona that are being borne to some degree by medical insurance are going to be passed on to consumers next year in the form of higher premiums. And I'm pretty sure that's going to happen to us too. But John, the reason why I think it is actually quite sensible for Discovery only to pay for positive corona tests is because otherwise I would be having one every day as a (laughs) chronic (laughs) hypochondriac. I mean, everyone I speak to thinks they have this virus you know the minute you cough everyone's coming down with it so there has to yeah. be some way of restricting
0: i saw so, uh, in the last couple of days i've been keeping my eye out for people with masks on and today i saw one for the first time i regularly see the people who stand outside the chinese embassy mm. in in fernwood they have masks on but uh, in a shopping center in the constantia village shopping center today i saw an i elderly have not seen a one i'm quite on. jealous yeah. <laughs> it, the minute you
1: start thinking about it john you get The ick so badly I was just paying for lunch And I put my card in the machine And I started punching it in And I thought This is a petri dish of germs
0: But I I, I went to the loo okay, And and I was making notes Mental notes as I went to the loo okay. So um, I can Because it's a swing door I can open the door with my elbow So sure, I'm safe there And then I stand at the urinal I do my thing And then I have to touch the tap To turn it on Because Mm. the Centre for Disease Control Says that I must um, that I must turn on the tap, I must soak my hands, then I must turn on the tap and wet my hands thoroughly. Then I must turn the tap off and then I must wash my hands for 20 seconds. And then I must turn the tap back on again and rinse my hands. So mm-hmm. I'm doing all that. But when that's finished, I then have to turn on the tap, turn off the tap. Correct. So I've, I've beautifully cleaned my hands and then, and then I have to touch I the Petri them. dish tap. Correct. And the only way to open the door, because it goes inside, doesn't swing both ways, is to touch the handle. There's no other way of opening the door. So I've been through this entire cleansing ritual, and within three seconds, I'm touching two Petri dish
1: surfaces. Correct. I mean, look around you, Don. This place is
0: probably teeming with germs. And we can't stop touching our faces, can we?
1: I was just thinking, I was literally sitting here in the, the classic contemplative mode. A finger attached to face i I am a are you a big face toucher John
0: I am, and i 've become more of a face toucher I in the last know. week i 'm constantly itching and touching
1: i can 't stop touching my face at all. Donald Trump claimed incidentally he said i haven 't touched my face in weeks. I miss it, <laughs> and that is what Trump said, if indeed he has not all part of him it 's probably the most impressive thing he 's ever done because as we are all finding out. Now that we've been told we can't touch our faces, all we want to do is touch our damn faces. I'm a big fan of also kind of melodramatically scrubbing my face when I'm tired or frustrated. And I think these might be behaviors we pick up from the movies in some regard you're doing it right now john you're doing i'm
0: doing it, yeah, well i i take i take it yeah well i i take it from from classical sculpture so i'm there doing august rodin at the moment the i'm doing killer. le pensée
1: very good very good so the new yorker has a question has a piece pondering this question why do we keep touching our faces some studies have shown that subjects touch their faces up to 23 times an hour i think that is far too low i think i touch it Probably at least once a minute, if I'm honest. And there is, in normal times, even a social stigma against it. That is undeniable. You're not supposed to be scratching your face or digging things out of your ear or your eyes, etc. And perhaps that's part of the perverse reason why we wanted to do it. But also, there's this sense, well, this is the the result, anyway, of a 2014 study, that spontaneous facial self-touch helps to jumpstart memory, process information, and regulate emotions. I don't know if that's true, John, but for me, there's definitely a sense in which it is self-soothing. It's a form of just, I don't know, coming back into touch with yourself, grounding yourself somehow by touching your face. And as the author suggests, perhaps just saying, still here. I'm still here.
0: Yeah, um, something which is going to sell out very, very quickly. Um, there's a company called Slightly Robot, and it has a bracelet that alerts the user when the user is about to touch their face and it and, does and, and 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 it was it buzzes the bracelet buzzes because you you sometimes do it unconsciously mm. and you, you rose up and you know George was <laughs> we were talking about face touching yesterday and George caught himself just about mm. to to touch his face so it, it alerts you and and it was developed for uh, serious conditions um, the, the compulsive skin picking and compulsive nail biting and compulsive hair pulling but now that this advice is out there. Don't touch your face. I suspect it's going to. What about sell men a with facial
1: more. hair, of which you and George are two? Are you required to touch your? Facial hair?
0: I'm not somebody it. who strokes. I'm not Groom somebody who strokes his, his goatee in a, mm. in a. I'm a really wise person. Look at how I'm stroking my goatee, kind of a way. And thank
1: goodness you never picked up that habit.
0: <laughs> thank goodness, indeed. Uh, uh, Godric Gardy. One of the reasons he said he's resigning as an MP is because, despite earning 1.1 million rand a year, that's not enough. What do you think?
1: John, I was skeptical, and then I did the maths. I'm going to hit you with it very quickly. Gadi's salary, as a, if he gets paid the least of any MP, the lowest form, no committee memberships, I mean, no committee chairs, he gets paid 92,245 rand a month. Okay, Of that, he's going to be taxed about a third. I did this on a tax calculator. He's going to be taxed 29,000 rand. Okay, So he's down to 62,940 rand net. Then Godric claims that Parliament insists that you have a very, very expensive compulsory medical aid, which he says that if you have a wife and children amounts to 18,000 rand a month. So taking that off, we're now down to his monthly salary being 44,000. 950. Still a lot. Then, however, there are rumours, which I think are correct, that EFF MPs are required to tithe at least 20,000 rand of their salaries directly to the EFF to support the party functions, etc. So then we're down to basically 25,000 rand a month, which is still solid. But Godricardie and his ilk are not from Cape Town. They are from johannesburg Pretoria, so they have to maintain a house in that suburb. So he has to pay for a house there Somehow, rent, mortgage, etc. That's another, call it 10K. He needs a car. He has to educate his kids, etc. food. We're getting down now to 10K a month to pay for kids' education, food, etc. Shoot me, but that's not a lot.
0: It's hard to believe those stats, that all of those things come off like that.
1: What are you saying? <laughs> I literally just presented you with cold, hard facts here. Well, I'm,
0: well, they're your cold, hard facts. They don't have to be my cold, hard facts.
1: It is true that Parliament has a I simply medical I simply,
0: I simply, Yeah, I simply cannot believe that somebody who earns how much a month?
1: 92,245. That somebody
0: who earns 94,000 rand a month gross ends up with 10,000 rand a month disposable income. But
1: Because that person has to tithe 20,000 rand to the EFF. That yeah. is the major expense that we're looking at there. Okay.
0: My point, the basic point, actually. If if you were the more sensible
1: party. Well, the DA also has to tithe. I think they all do. But two things quickly what this suggests. me: First of all, life is so expensive. It really is. That actually all of us should be paid a million rand or more a month. And And then we
0: can buy the bracelets that stop us from touching our faces.
1: That's right. And secondly, that given that all these costs, any MP who's living an extravagant lifestyle should be subjected to a very rigorous lifestyle audit because they can't afford it. (laughs) That's me.
0: <laughs> Off you go. Stay healthy. Thank you. Yeah, Becca, because I, I also did that. Oh, I, I, I hope I am able to say to my bosses with integrity that I think I might have been in touch with a COVID-19 sufferer, because then I would have a genuine reason to self. It's self-quarantine. Which is it? Uh, i heard self, both. Well, well, one like one it. is one is if you are infected. Right. The other is if you think you might be. Right. And I can't remember which is which. But and I thought that's wonderful. Then I can stay at home for two weeks and I can read and mm. binge watch on Netflix and mm. Showmax. And then I started to think about the prospect of two weeks without human company and all of a sudden i got less keen on it
1: so i was thinking about this because i'm an expert on working from home remotely because i do it all the time and so for those of you who are now facing the prospect of working from home i have a few pieces of advice first piece of advice is do not start working in bed i understand the temptation but really what that means is that your normal life and your work life start to bleed seamlessly into each other and there is no There's no delineation. You're never done with work. You're never quite offered because you need to find yourself a designated area where you're going to work, even if it's just your dining room table. Try and separate out those parts of your life. My second piece of advice, if you are a woman, consider putting on a bra as early as possible during the day as it will give your life a sense of purpose and meaning that it might otherwise lack. For gentlemen among us working from home – Really, I advise you to to get out of your pajamas. I understand the temptation. And what happens if you don't
0: wear pajamas? Just, so you'd advise me to put on clothes as soon as I get up. You
1: don't put on a suit or whatever you would wear to an office, but just put on some outdoor clothes <laughs> because that too will help structure your day in a way that it doesn't become – it, it does, doesn't start to feel disgusting. Third point, it is very easy to develop, develop cabin fever working from home. Do try to take a walk. I realize in these times – that's not always easy, but a, a, a park, perhaps the ocean, get up. Yeah, I mean
0: they, they talk about the maximum distance. I, I don't know why the social isolation device talks about a meter, because everything medical I've read says that the the virus can remain active via a cough for up to two meters. But you are you you surely are able to walk and stay two meters away from people.
1: I would have thought so. Yeah. So Get get air as much as possible and second and I think there's fourth of all try as much as possible when working from home to stick to your normal working hours so get up and start it by eight and be done by four and just be done with it because again the temptation to take long naps during the day and then you end up working till midnight and it's not worth it working from home what I'm saying is seems like a dream but honestly it does have distinct drawbacks one of which is the feeling that your life-work balance becomes really disrupted. And as you say, the other thing is potential isolation. So perhaps the answer is at least a phone call to colleagues now and then to check in.
0: And I wonder if I'd be able to do my job remotely. I mean, I I, I sincerely hope the situation doesn't arrive. I suppose they could set up remote broadcasting equipment in my home, but then they'd have to come into contact with me, the technicians. And so, yeah, I mean, if if – Then I'd probably, yeah, and, and if you don't even have your work to occupy you, if you have to self-isolate or self-quarantine, whichever is the appropriate phrase, and you're not even able to work, then yes, at first blush, it sounds like a dream, two weeks of wonderful holiday, but it's only a holiday if you can do what you want to do. And what you want to do, almost certainly, is go out and interact with people.
1: That's true. What is blowing my mind, John, is the thought of this hotel that they are apparently preparing in Mpumalanga to house the Wuhan students uh, it's and thought
0: It's in Limpopo.
1: In Limpopo. I apologize. To house the Wuhan students and soldiers who are going to be repatriated and come back here. Can you imagine this hotel, which presumably is fairly isolated, just full of people who have been exposed potentially to this virus, but also who presumably aren't allowed to have interactions with each other?
0: Yeah, it's the Ranch Resort in Polokwane. That's right. Which is, um, it's... 25 k south of Polakwane, 150 bedrooms, three restaurants, a bar, lounge, four pools, a gym, a spa, a golf course. But they won't be able strip. to use
1: these things. Yeah, I know.
0: But it is secluded ships. within a surrounding game reserve. So it,
1: I can't imagine that being commissioned for this purpose will do anything for the ranch's future marketing mm-hmm. prospects. <laughs> it's become known as the hot zone well, I, for I, Corona. Yeah,
0: I, well, I think it's absolutely fantastic. The protea hotels who, who own it have uh, offered it. I mean, obviously, there's been a negotiation. They're shutting down as a hotel. They're going to be paid for it. And they have the guarantee that they are going to get a certain amount of income every day for three weeks or four weeks or or whatever. But there is – there's a serious commercial. There shouldn't be because once those people are declared – covid virus free and leave Mm. then there should be no problem with me going in and staying in a room but that's not how people think no it'll be from
1: the shining yeah people (laughs) associate associated with disease and that is unfortunate
0: rebecca thank you very much for being able to stay on a little longer and talk to us rebecca davis will be back with another plan b next week we hope